Hope everybody had a good Christmas. You'll notice that uh, Jeff, I am not Jeff, him and Heather, uh, this time of year, like to try to have a little time to themselves. It's their it's their anniversary. So if you don't know that, you might wish them a happy anniversary. But also keep them in your prayers. Uh, Heather's father passed away this weekend. I believe yesterday, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. So maybe keep uh, Heather and Jeff in your prayers and your family. Uh, there are some, you know, just things that we have to deal with here in life. So anyway, let's pray because I don't do this this that often and I need all the help I can get. <laughs> Father in heaven, Lord, Father, we come to you just grateful that we are able to do so. Grateful that we have a place to meet. Grateful, Lord, that you've put it on our heart to, to come before you, to worship you, Lord, and to learn from your word. So, Father, I pray that you'd be with us this morning, that you would open our eyes and our ears to your word, that you would take your word and show us, Father, how it applies to our lives and how, how we can use it, Lord. And so, Father, I pray that you are that you would bless this time and that you would be blessed by it, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, as I was looking, studying out for what to talk about this morning, something struck me, and it was being, throughout Scripture, we see, we see men and women. And the interesting thing is, is that uh, as they're used by God, as they're used to do things. If you study that per, if you look at that person and what's said about them, you know, most of the time that person is already doing things, already serving God, already spending his time at the foot of the throne. And this morning, if when we look at Joshua, Joshua one, and we, we start to, uh, we start to read this first chapter. Well, that's, you know, we're, we're going to see where Joshua is at. And I think it, it directly applies to us and to our lives. You know, I, I don't expect it, God to say, hey, I want you to lead a country. <laughs> you know, I'm not, I'm not saying that. I don't think right? you don't want me leading the country. Um, but God has us in our own lives doing little things, you know, you may lead a Bible study. You might be called on to lead worship. You might be called on to lead a family, whatever that is. And through in our life, there's things that we could and should be doing to prepare us for those calls. So I'm going to read the scripture here and then I'm going to start kind of just kind of talking about it. It's an, to me, it just, I thought it was interesting. So I wanted to share it with y'all. So Joshua 1, he says, After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now therefore, go, arise and go over this Jordan, you and all the people, into the land that I am giving to them to the people of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given to you, just as I promised to Moses. 
from the wilderness in this Lebanon as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. Just as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous, for you shall cause this people to inherit the land that I swore to your fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law that Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left, that you may have good success wherever you go. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Imagine being Joshua here for a minute. And God has now called you to step into the, into the shoes of Moses and lead these people. That's a, that's a big, that's a, that's a big order. And so it's like, well, why, why Joshua? Well, when we look back at Joshua, Joshua's entire life, it says it without saying it, was devoted to God. Uh, the very first time that Joshua is mentioned in Scripture is in Exodus 33. Exodus 33, verse 11. And we're talking about Moses here, but there's a side note. He says, Thus the Lord used to speak to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. When Moses turned again to the camp, his assistant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, would not depart from the tent. That's the first time Joshua is mentioned in Scripture. And so where do we see Joshua at? He's at the tent of meeting. And it says he was a young man. I don't know. Obviously, I have no clue how young he really was. But the next time that uh, we're going to see Joshua in Scripture is in Exodus 24, 13. And Moses has gone up on the... Mount, Mount Sinai to receive the law from God. Well, it was Joshua that went up a little ways with him. When Israel starts worrying because, Josh, because Moses has disappeared, they haven't come back. And Aaron then takes everybody and bends to their will and he makes the golden calf. And all Israel sins against God because of this. Joshua was not there. Joshua was partly up on the mountain. So he did not partake in that. And then again in 32.17 of Exodus, we still see Moses, we still see Joshua is with Moses. And Moses, you know, these are some big shoes to fill. Because God said, it was scripture we just read, it said God spoke to Moses as a friend. And how would you, how would you like to have that said about you? That God mentions you, it speaks to you as a friend. How do you, how do you achieve that? How do you get there? 
We have to have a life that's devoted to God. And what does that look like? I mean, you know, we see, we see Joshua. Joshua, everything Joshua's doing, even as a young man, is in devotion to God. He is, yeah, to be a Christian, what do we, what does it say? To be a Christian is to be called out, separated from those around you. It's also, you can say, is to be devoted to something. So you've been pulled out, now you have been devoted to God. Can we say that about ourselves? Do we have that within us? Am I devoted to God? Is my life centered around God? In Deuteronomy 31.23, we see God commissioning Joshua to get ready to start leading the people. And what's interesting is Joshua is always doing, already doing these things. When we first see Joshua later on, Moses, they're getting ready to go to war. And Joshua, Moses looks at Joshua and he says, hey, I want you to grab some men and take them and go, go, go fight. Well, Joshua obviously had stood himself out in front of Moses that Moses would trust him to go do this. So Joshua's life was already, when we first see him in 3311, he's already a Moses' assistant. But now Moses is relying on him. And then later on, we'll see where Joshua goes in as one of the spies into the promised land. Him and Caleb and a group of other men, and they come back, and the other other men are like, "Oh, there's giants there. We're 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 little. There's nothing we can do. We're going to be slaughtered." And Joshua and Caleb are like, "No, no, no, no. We're we're okay." And why would Joshua say that? Because Joshua knew that God was true to His word. Joshua saw. The, the miracles that God performed in bringing them out of Egypt. Joshua spent his life at the feet of God. He trusted God. He knew that if we go in there, yeah, there's giants there. Yeah, they're, they're in mighty in number. They may overwhelm us. But he knew that that wouldn't happen. He knew. He trusted God. He knew that if they went in, they could be a lot smaller in size and in number, but God would make them victorious. And he was sure of this. How do you get sure of something like that? And there's only one way that that happens, and that is spending time at the feet of the throne before God in his word, coming to church, Private devotionals, Bible studies. It is devoting your life to God and learning about Him. To have that, to be positive in my mind that God is going to do what He says He's going to do. I have to know God. If I tell you I'm going to do something, will you trust me to do it if you don't know me? 
If it's something small, you might go, oh, yeah, he'll do it. But if it's something really important, you might go, eh, I don't know this guy. Will he really do what he said he's going to do? Well, if you want to be positive of what God says, if you want to be positive in your mind that what God said is true, you have to be in communion with him. You have to be constantly seeking his word. And that includes our private time. In Deuteronomy 34.9, it even says we're told that Joshua was full of the spirit of wisdom. Well, how'd that happen? It came from God. And again, Joshua spent his time. Imagine having your mentor be Moses. You know, that's, that's big shoes to fill. How would you like to have Moses be your mentor? Well, in a sense, you can. You can go to God's word because God recorded everything that's important for us to look at and to learn from. So I can go back and I can read about Moses. I can read what Moses did. I can look at Joshua and see what Joshua did. And I can learn from them. And in doing that, what am I doing? I'm learning from God and I'm learning about God. And I'm learning the truths that are right here in his word. And I'm learning that those can be applied to my life. And that I can trust it. But I'm only going to get there if I spend time there. If I just come to church on Sunday morning and warm up you, I'm never going to have that confidence. I might be able to put on a good, you know, face and make you think I do. But I inside am not going to have that confidence if I'm not spending time with the Lord. I know it's uh, if you're not involved in in any Bible studies, I would encourage you to do so, whether it is. You know, just sitting down with a friend or a group of friends, or you go to one that's organized through the church. Do that. Learn from one another. Learn from scripture. And then also spend time in scripture on your own, at home, in the quiet time. And all these things combined, that's where we, that's where we learn. That's where we start to grow. And that is what happens when we have a life of devotion to God. You know, and uh, as, as Joshua here in chapter one, God tells Joshua three times, be strong and courageous. Well, Joshua had heard that before. You know, he'd heard God say this before. And then he saw God get him through what they were going through. Without that, you know, how could, you know, would Joshua have been as sure this time as God is saying, be strong and be courageous? Now, somebody, it's easy to tell somebody it's going to go through something bad. It's easy to tell them, hey, buck up. It's all right. Pick yourself up and go. You'll make it. It'll be okay. But if you have experienced it, and if you know 
that it'll be all right because you have been there and you have seen others do it. Now you can tell this person with a lot more conviction and you can reassure this person, you know, a lot more than you can if you're just going, oh, well, I've heard of people doing it, you know. But if God has, on my heart, has implied his, applied his truth to my heart and reassured me over and over and over, and I can turn to his word and I can see, I can look at Joshua's life and I can see what he has done. And I say, all right, God, look at these huge things God got him through. Well, my things are minor compared to Joshua's. Joshua had some big fights on his hand. I got little ones. God's, again, God's never asked me to lead a nation. I hope he never does. <laughs> that would be bad. I, I, I get nervous in the little things that he does ask me to do. But to be ready for those times that God asks us to do something, we have to prepare for those. Yes, God is the one that will give us the strength to do what he calls us to do. But we also need to be spending time preparing ourselves for that calling. And again, that's that life of devotion, devoting ourselves to God. You know, it's... As I look at uh, my own life, you know, it's, uh, have I done a very good job of that? You know, and for most of it, I'm going to say, no, I haven't. Um, I think as time goes on, each day I get better. I can always come up with other things to do than to sit down, get up early and, and get into scripture, you know, spend a couple more, a couple more minutes of sleep. You know, it's like, well, it's it's four. If I could just sleep to four fifteen, I'd be all right. You know, well, what if I took those extra couple minutes and consistently got up, came before my God, got into His Word, and not just not just reading it. Don't don't just sit down and go. Okay, I read two chapters. I'm good to go. Let's go. Pray. Read. You know. Communing with God is not just reading his scriptures, but it's also praying the scriptures. Praying what you read. Lord, how do I apply this to my life? Lord, this, this kind of stings. I'm guilty of this. Letting it open my eyes to the things that I am doing wrong. Asking forgiveness for those things. Asking for God to open my eyes to his scripture. For Joshua to be ready to lead, to step in as Moses was being called to heaven. For Joshua to be able to step in, he had to be prepared for that. And we can look through scripture and we can see that's exactly what had happened. God put him in a place and throughout his life, Joshua was preparing he may not have known it at that time. So we don't, we, you and I, we don't know what the future holds. But what we're doing today and what we're doing right now, what God is doing in us right here today and right now is preparing us for something else. Then it may be just preparing us to be called home and live with Him.
Or maybe there's somebody out there that this preparation is to lead a group of people in time of trouble. To, uh, to, to guide a group of people or your family. You know, because your family is just as important, I would say even more important than leading a nation. Your family is a group that God has said, hey, Tyler, you're in charge of this group of people. I want you to lead them. Where do you get the knowledge? Where do you get the strength, the courage? Be strong and courageous. Where do I get that at? Where do I get the assurance that, hey, everything's going to be okay even when I mess things up? Where do I get that assurance at? Right here. I hear God's word. Because God so many times has taken my failures and failures of others and turned it into something great when we give it to him, when we devote our lives to him in our time. And so now I have that, that assurance that I'm, I might blow it. I might mess this up. God has called me. God called me to be a father. And my first, first uh, few years as a father, I was horrible. That's terrible. And, you know, I uh, was never home. I was always working. I thought I was doing the right thing. I was always working, doing things, you know, uh, out with my buddies, drink too much, you know. That's horrible. That's a terrible father. And then as I started coming back to God and I started realizing these things, I thought, oh man, I've blown it. Well, praise the Lord. <laughs> he didn't let me mess my kids up. <laughs> I have two great daughters. And all of that, all, all of the credit goes to God and their mother. Because <laughs> I was too busy trying to mess things up. And so when I look at that and I think to myself, you know, God can take me and use me. He can take you and use you. And maybe not in a way that he's going to use Joshua here, but he'll use you. So be preparing yourself for that. You know, and I would say too, you go back to Matthew 6, and Jesus is speaking, and it's uh, Matthew six thirty three. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. And put that into context. Focus on God. Put your entire being focused on God. Now, in Matthew 6, they're talking about, don't worry about what you'll wear, what you'll eat, where you'll live. He says, focus on God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, it's not just those items that were listed out. This is life. Seek God first. And let God worry about the rest. If I want to be used by God, seek him, look for him, learn from him. Because scripture tells me if I will look, 
I'm guaranteed I'll find it. And if I don't understand as I'm reading, pray more. God, open my eyes. I don't get this. I don't understand. If I hear a sermon or I hear somebody at a Bible study and I don't understand what's being said, pray about it. Talk to others that you trust. Look for the wisdom, but always come back to Bible. Weigh everything that you're told by a pastor, everything that you're told by a Bible study teacher. Weigh it against what Scripture says. Prepare yourself to be used by God. And the only way you can do that is through a life devoted to Him. Romans 15.4 says, For whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction, that through endurance and through encouragement of Scriptures, we might have hope. Again, why was the story of Moses recorded? Why was the story of Joseph or Joshua and many more? Uh, Job, Noah, Jonah, who decided he wasn't going to do what God called him to do. He tried to run away and found out that don't work real well. Why were these stories? Why, why did? Why were these accounts recorded in Scripture? Well, he tells us it's for our instruction, so that when I'm facing times that are hard, I'm facing times that maybe they're not hard times, but maybe they're times I just don't want to deal with it. I, you know, I'm Jonah. I want to run away. I don't want to do it. Well, I can. Go to scripture. I can get instruction. I can get encouragement. And that will help me build the endurance that I'm going to need to make it through life. And to make it through life as a Christian man or woman. To make it because the world around us out there today, it's not conducive to being a Christian. It is counter everything that we believe in. You know, in my life, you know, and I'm still pretty young. I'm 57. I've seen in my lifetime what I feel like the world turned upside down. You know, Scripture tells us wrong is going to be right, right is going to be wrong, and we're seeing it. You know, that's, you know, so when he starts talking about endurance, they're talking about being able to last out through these times till God calls us home. Whether it is through a physical death or he calls us home with the rest of the church. We have to last until then. You got, you got no choice. <laughs> you have to last till then. And it can be a struggle that will make you crazy unless you're in God's word, unless you're looking to God for your guidance through these times. And I, you know, scripture, I, I wish so badly the scripture would have gone in and filled in all the behind the scenes details because I'd love to know all the things that were going through Joshua's mind. You know, because we, I, I know he, he was a man. He had to have had his times where he was like, this is too much. I can't do this. You know, where things would be getting overwhelming. 
I, I'd love, I mean, I, it's why I love reading about King David. And I realize that King David, as much good as that man did, he was, God referred to King David as a man after my own heart. But we, through scripture, know David, some of David's faults, some of his sins. And so, not that I like the fact that David sinned, but I, it's, it's a relief to me that I can look at scripture and I can see great people that I consider great, that God used greatly, that through their faults, God still used them. Because the one thing that they all did is when their sins were brought to them, what did they do? They repented. Then they asked for forgiveness. It's the difference between being a Christian and a non-Christian. As a Christian, I know that what I do, these sins are sins. And I know that when I sin, I need to ask God for forgiveness. If I wasn't a Christian, I might not even recognize them as a sin. I might think it's nothing wrong with it. 2 Timothy 3.16-17 through 17 says, All Scripture is breathed out by God, profitable for teaching, for reproof and correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every work. Again, it's God's promise that if you study this, if you study His Word, if you draw close to Him, He will prepare you. He will make you ready for these times that are going to come. He will make you ready for the time that He's going to call you to do something. And trust me, if you ask me, I was not ready to be a father when I had my kids. I wasn't ready to be a husband when I got married. I was horrible at that, too, in case you wanted to know. I think I've got better. She's put up with me for over 30 years. But without God in my life, without His Word, I, I don't think that I would be where I am today. I think that uh, there would be even a harder struggle. And I was not real good. I still, like I say, I was still not real good at making it a consistent, being devoted to a consistent devotions. I, you know, I, it's, I, my, I love people that can get that. I know people, my wife's one of them that will every day without missing it will be in the Word studying for an hour or so. You know, I don't know if I'm ADHD and just don't know about it or what the deal is, but I can't do that. You know, and it's a, I have to make my, I mean, I can do it, but I got to make myself do it. You know, and in those times when I will make myself do it, if I'll do it a few times in a row, they start getting easier. But three times is not a habit. You know, well, they say it takes six months of doing something every single day to make it a habit. Well, that's a life devoted to God. When we will get up and take time of our life, and I'm not talking about corporate worship. You know, so this is corporate. We, we've come in here on Sunday morning to worship God and to study Scripture. 
And that's good. I'm not saying not to do that. That's a good thing. And then Bible studies. Bible studies are another form of corporate worship. And that's where we come together as a group, you know, one or two or more, depending on how small or large your Bible study is. But again, that's a corporate worship. And that's good. That You should be doing that. But a private, quiet, personal devotion is incredibly important. And it's incredibly uplifting when you will sit there and take time out of your life on a daily basis to do that. I promise you, you'll be rewarded for doing that. And when you look at these, these men and women in Scripture that have been used by God, they spent time. Daniel. Daniel never missed a day that he didn't, you know, I forget how, how long. I even think it even says how long he did it. Daily in prayer. And then when things went sideways with the king, God says, don't worry about it. I got you covered. And told him what to do and how to do it. And even rescued him. Again, you know, if somebody can spend hours doing it, well, maybe I can spend 15 minutes, half an hour, you know. But do it regularly, on a regular basis. Jesus, the creator of the universe, Jesus, on his earthly ministry, read the Gospels. What do we see Jesus doing on a continuous basis? Goes off by himself to pray, to commune with the Father. Jesus was God. If he needed that, you and I really need it. So as a, as a life devoted to God, it's not just showing up for church on Sunday morning. You've got you've to be plugged in throughout the week with other brothers and sisters. You've got to be on your own studying God's word. You need it. I need it. And I, I promise you, I can't say this enough, I promise you, you'll be rewarded for doing it. Even if it just means you face life with a different outlook. You know, there's, a, there's an old saying. It says, show me somebody's checkbook and I'll show you where their heart is. You know, what you're spending your money on. Well, you can also say, show me where somebody spends all their time. Then I'll show you where their heart is. Because I'm going to invest my finances and I'm going to invest my time in those things that are important to me. Is God important to me? And am I willing to invest time in getting to know him further, studying his word, learning from him directly. I mean, you can, uh, you can come to church on Sunday morning and you can learn. You, can, you know, hopefully if, if 
unless you come in with your mind just totally shut off, you'll learn something. You come in on Sunday morning. But it is in continual time spent with God that we truly learn. And how many times have you read Scripture, read a portion of Scripture, and gone back and reread it, and then reread it again and again and again, and then all of a sudden, about the thousandth time you've read it, all of a sudden something jumps out, and you're like, whoa, I didn't see that before. And that, that is, that is God. That is God going, okay, you know, you're ready to move on a little bit. So here's a little bit more. I love that when that happens. You know, all of a sudden you pick up maybe on just how something's worded or you, you know, you've, you've read through it real fast, but all the times before. And that's why it is so important that as we're, as we're in the word, as we're studying, excuse me, that it is also a time of prayer that, you know, I'm not, I'm not just sitting down and blowing through the scripture because it's easy. I can read real fast and then not be able to tell you a thing I read. You know, so if I want it to stick and if I want to learn from it, slow down, read it and pray it. And if you don't understand it, ask, pray. I promise you that over time, God will open your eyes to it. Maybe not tomorrow, but he will. And there's so many times, you know, Christians kind of, kind of have this attitude that I don't need to do this. You know, I'm, I'm okay on my own. I don't need to spend this time. I don't need to be digging into God's word. Well, think in terms of Jesus's, the parable of the vine and the branches. I am the vine, you are the branches. How does a branch on a vine thrive? You know, it draws nutrients. The branch draws nutrients from the vine, which is drawing nutrients from the root. If I'm the branch and I'm detach detaching myself from the vine, what's going to happen? I'm going to dry out, wither, and rot. We've got to spend time in the Word. We've got to have a life that is devoted to Christ, devoted to God, to His Word. And it doesn't take long, you know. It only takes, I promise you, a half hour of getting up in the morning, studying and reading. It's amazing the amount of ground you can cover. As that becomes a habit, it's amazing how your prayers change when you look back. I'm not real good at keeping diaries or anything like that, but I hear people talk about you should keep a prayer diary. Not real good at that. I'll start, I'll have good intentions, and then I quit. Um, but if I think about it, I can look at what I pray about now versus what I prayed about, say, 10 years ago. They're, they're, they're totally different. My thought process is not the same. As time's gone on, even that's changed. I didn't do anything. The only thing I did was I made a conscious decision 
to draw closer to God, that I wanted to learn. I wanted to be around his people. I wanted to understand. And it's amazing how that changed me. And without me even kind of realizing that it was happening, it's, it's amazing how that, how that goes. And later in Joshua, in chapter, I learned, this is a verse that I just have kept. It's on my desk at work. Joshua 24, 15. Later on in, in the book of Joshua, Joshua is going to challenge people. And he's going to say, choose now, choose today. Who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the gods of your fathers in Egypt? Or are you going to serve God? In Joshua in 24, 15, he says, As for me and my house, we shall serve the Lord. That doesn't mean I'm going to get it right every single day. But I keep that as a reminder to myself. That that is who I serve. That is who I strive to serve better every day. And I still to this day mess things up. And I'm going to do that this side of heaven. But I'm getting to where when I realize these things in my life that are sin, these things in my life where I've really messed up, it bothers me more. And, you know, years ago, it didn't bother me very much. But yeah, yeah, I did that. Who cares? Now it's like, yeah, I did that, doggone it. Did my daughter see me do that? Did my friends see me do that? Not because I care out of a pride issue that they saw me do it, but I care because they know that I call myself a Christian. I care because I know that I want them to see me differently than everybody else that they're, that they're around. And that is what a life of devotions and a life devoted to God will do for us. It changes who we are. And these are changes that you and I, we can't just go on our own and do. You can try and you will fail. It is only God that can make these changes for us. And so, you know, it's kind of a tradition that uh, as we end out the year and start a new year, that um, you kind of challenge, you know, challenge congregation to start reading the Bible more. Go through and read the Bible this next year. Read the whole entire thing. And that's great. I think you should. I, you know, it's, uh, I've read through it a few times and I wished I'd read through it more. Um, because I have a terrible memory and I wish that I could recall verses, chapter and verse better than I can. Again, that comes with studying. It comes with spending time in God's word. But I would ask you not just in making a commitment to spend more time in God's word. But to honestly ask yourself, where do you, where do you spend the majority of your time? Your private, quiet time. How do you spend it? What do you do it? You know, me, I'm notorious for 
get my phone out, start playing a little game and, you know, get off my own world, brain shuts off. Well, what if I took that time and I spent it in God's Word? Well, those times where you're just trying to, you know, it's, it's a waste of time, you know. What if I spent that time drawing closer to God? Where, where would God take me then? How much further would God take me? And as we, uh, as I close to finish here, I would also ask you, you know, because this is only a question that you can answer between you and God. You can tell me whatever you want to tell me, and I'm going to believe you. But who are you going to serve? Are you going to serve the things of the world or are you going to serve the Lord? And to serve the Lord means a life dedicated to Him. It means a life of devotion. I was, uh, I went online and I went to the Merriam Webster Dictionary. And I looked up the word devotion. So the first is religious fervor. And so I'd ask you, how dedicated are you to God's word and law? And do you make the most, and do you make the most important thing in your life or does it come in somewhere behind other things? Is God's word and law the most important thing in your life? The next is that it's an act of prayer or private worship such as morning devotions. How important to you is private devotions? Do you make that important in your life? Next one is that it is a religious exercise or practice other than the regular corporate worship of a congregation. Do you spend time other than now on Sunday morning? in God's word, and with God's people. And if you're with God's people, discussing God's word, God's law. Next is it is an act of dedicating something to a cause, enterprise, or activity. Are you dedicated to God's word and law? Have you made that commitment? Do you have a time set aside daily that is specifically for that purpose? Do you do that in your life? An honest answer from me is I do it hit and miss. And depending on where I am in my life, sometimes it's more miss than it is hit. That's an honest answer. And then lastly, it's a fact or state of being ardently dedicated and loyal with people around you when they hear you call yourself a Christian say that you are dedicated and loyal to God's word and to his law would they say that about me if I was to ask my guys at work that work for me that have seen me at not my best moments would they be willing to say Joe is dedicated and loyal to God's word and law. 
So I leave you with that to think about that going into the new year. Where are your priorities? And do you as a Christian have a life that's devoted to God?